If you want to be a worship leader and you don't want to be involved in your church, you are wrong. You are like, you are, you're completely and utterly wrong. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Iris Global Green Room. Uh, you are here today with me, Will Hart, and my friend, Brian Nira. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm really excited. And I told you, Brian, <laughs> I did not do any study. That's okay? absolutely good. So I know I a it. couple things about you. Yes, sir. One, you're one of my pastors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah? Yeah. And for the last two years. Yes. And the second is, um, this is what I do know about you. You have an amazing wife. Oh, amazing wife. And uh, we did your podcast yes, my wife and i in fact yeah you're one of the rare few that's ever got the two of us together it's only been in some of the earlier green room yeah. episodes that we shot yeah and so if if you want to hear that yeah podcast yep. how do they find it so on youtube and on youtube you'll search sonia and brian mm -hmm. growing with the nearest podcast and then growing with the nearest podcast on um all of the podcast streaming platforms. Come on. Yeah, it was the greatest episode that we've ever had. <laughs> and we did like almost, I don't think we did like an hour and a half, hours. almost two hours. Almost two hours. It was, it was, uh, it was amazing. Come on. It was amazing. We had so much fun. I was, uh, we were blown away, even like listening back to it. Um, I've shared it with, I, probably 30 couples. Wow. I've shared it with probably 30 couples and counting. Just because, I mean, the way that you guys were honest, open, transparent was refreshing. Come on. It was so beautiful. And I know that it's blessing. It's blessing so many people. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Yes. You know, just to come in and share. It was it was really good. My wife and I had such a blast. Good. I'm so, so glad. But just I'm going to finish up this introduction because I want to make sure people know who you come are. On. So they don't check out. Uh, because uh, on top of that, you are you, you're one of our pastors. Uh, at Legacy Nashville. Mm -hmm. How long have you been there? I've been there. So we've been going to Legacy for five years. We've mm -hmm. been on staff for three and a okay. half. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And, and I've had you on a list to bring in for a little while. Yeah. And uh, you beat me to the to the chase inviting Absolutely. us. Absolutely. I'm so like, glad. Oh. Uh, but one of the reasons why I wanted you on is for one of your yeah. life experiences. Yeah. And hearing your perspective. And so that this is all that I know about you. Yes. Separate from what I see at church yeah. and heard about in your podcast uh, that you were uh, on The Voice. That's correct. How, what, what year were you on The Voice? It was in 2016, season 10. Season 10. Yes. And I actually have no idea how far you went. Absolutely. Uh, I know nothing. Yeah. But I, I was so intrigued by yeah. that journey. Yeah. And, I mean, on Sunday, you, you can hear, you can hear the skill set that you have it's incredible <laughs> Thank you. but uh but tell us about yourself if you could if you could start off mm -hmm. by giving people like a one minute two minute rundown yeah where would you start i would you know i always start at the beginning with my parents even before i was born uh my dad and mom are from zimbabwe africa okay and my dad came here to the united states in 1989 for educational advancement. He was a pastor in Zimbabwe with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and then the opportunity opened up for him to go to Christ for the Nations okay. in Dallas. Yes. Yes. So uh, it was only supposed to be a one year, a one year educational 
whatever you want right. to call it. Um, and but it ended up that at the end of the one year he got an opportunity to go to Oral Roberts University. Okay. In Tulsa. So yeah. at that point he uh, called my mom. And I had two older siblings. She was in. She was still in Zim. She was in Zim, okay. pastoring the church by herself, and then raising the kids by herself as well. And so uh, she said, he, he told her, it's time to come to the United States. Wow. And, um, you know, one of the really powerful things about it was um, my mom had a seventh grade education. Hmm. Uh, grew up in the village and, you know, really came from not a lot. Yeah. Both of them really not from not a lot. Yeah. But um, when my mom came to the United States, the first thing my dad said was, you're going to be educated. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you're going to be educated. And so three years after coming here to the United States, 1992 is when I was born. Mm -hmm. And then um, two years later, we started traveling in ministry. My parents, uh, my dad is a missionary evangelist to this day. Wow. So missionary to Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. evangelist here in the United States. Come on. Every single Sunday he's at a different, they're at a different church. Really? Every single Sunday they're so, at, Does it, he get like invited in to come and spend like an yeah, itinerant? Yeah, he invites or he'll just call him and be like, I hey, this is what I do. I would like to come and preach to your church. He's uh, been affiliated with the Assemblies of God Church. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the churches we grew up going to. But yeah, for 16 16 to 18 years of my life, I traveled in ministry with my parents. How, how old are you? I am 31. You're 31 years old. Yes, sir. Okay. And you're married? I'm married. How, I have two long? kids. We've had married for five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so grew up, grew up in Zim. When did, how old were you when you left Zim? I was, I was born here in the U.S. Okay, you were born here. So you yeah. was your, your brothers and sisters. How many, how many in the family? In I have three siblings. Okay. So I have two, an older brother and sister. Mm -hmm. And then I have a younger sister. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is your experience being born here different from your your brother and sister who were born in Zimbabwe? Or do they remember it? They don't remember it as much today. Okay. And yeah. so definitely, the, I would say we have the same experience now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think my brother does have recollections and my sister have rec recollections of coming to the United States. And they were seven and five. And the language barrier being yeah. hard for them. Mm -hmm. But... Um, now it's not even. Now it doesn't even. Wow. Yeah. Have, have you met my niece? Which one? Natalia. I haven't. So she's Mozambican. Oh, really? My sister went over uh, when when we were just first missionaries. Yeah. Uh, adopted her. Well, yeah. the adoption process took like 13 years to actually oh go through. So lived, wow. lived uh, together. She, I mean, she was mom. And, and, uh, and she came over here when she was 14. Yeah. 14, I think. 14? Yeah. And uh, that whole experience of transitioning, yeah, uh, there's an I've noticed like right around eight nine, yeah, you it goes so much easier than thirteen fourteen without the transition. She's yes. still connected yes. so heavily to Africa, yeah, without it, yeah, they definitely are Americans, yeah. And yeah. your mom and dad, how, how, where do they fit in that spectrum? They are Zimbabweans, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> they are fully Zimbabweans. They have cherished, kept. Okay. Um, I mean, and, and it's because their hearts beat for their country. Okay. It's because their hearts beat for the country of Zimbabwe. And so, you know, they're there every year for at wow. least a month, a month and a half, um, doing ministry, pastors' conferences, marriage conferences. I love um, it. Just sewing into the people. That's, that, that's their, they're, they're actually building a school right now. Come uh, on. They've built for the last couple of year, years, they've been building a school. Um, and so, yeah, their ministry is called Hope for All Nations. And they love their country. And so I grew up loving the country, too. 
Yeah. The first time I had the opportunity to go. Oh, I did want to tell you this. You tell me anything. About, so I've literally been to like 500 churches in America. I've literally, yeah. So growing up in that 16 years. Seriously. In that 16 years, every Sunday we were at a different church singing. At, I was singing. My parents would preach. And they, um, over And you were ministering. I was ministering. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was not, it was not like, you know, just sitting in the pew. We were all ministering. At some point, we were all singing. We were all... I remember the first place I ever sung was a little church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, you know, singing Jesus Loves Me. Because my parents were like, hey, if you're going to come with us, y'all ain't going to just sit there. You're going to you're gonna minister. Okay. You're okay. Gonna, <laughs> I, I got so many, so many questions going through my head Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Like, okay, so in my... In my walk, yes. right, getting married, having kids, yeah, being in the itinerant, maybe similar to your father, oh, traveling, yeah. preaching, oh, yeah. there's this tension mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. if we do that, right, we're going to mess up our kids. Yes. Or, you know, the family part and then the travel part. Did you feel that tension, like, of I'm on the road, I don't want to be here, my parents are forcing me to do this? Yeah. 500 churches is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, That's a, a lot. lot of church experience, a lot of different churches. Oh man, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. But for me, it's like, it was beautiful because we got to be a family together. Yeah. We got to be a family and we were only traveling on the weekends, you know, Saturday, mm -hmm. like usually just Sunday, maybe Saturday we'd leave early. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like grueling. We'd be right. at school on Monday and I tell okay. my friends all about my experiences in Podoc, Oklahoma. And uh, you're driving. Yeah, we're, we're like driving. Oh yeah, yeah I ran yeah, through like three cars. I love it, straight up. Oh, uh, yeah. Assemblies of God. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I it love was. It. Like, I like, love it. We'd leave at 536 in the morning. We'd be asleep in the car. We'd mm -hmm. wake up in no man's land, want to go back to sleep, <laughs> and hope we be in another location. <laughs> my, my first encounter with the Holy Spirit was at an Assemblies of God church. Really? With an itinerant evangelist that would just make the rounds every year. <laughs> and he would awesome. just do the circuit, to, 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 like meetings yeah. every weekend. Yeah. So I really love that. I really value that. Oh, it's yeah, actually, me too. I got saved in the exact same church mm -hmm. that I had my first encounter with. Wow. I was, I think I was eight or nine and then 17. So eight years later, same church, yeah. different traveling evangelist came through. Yeah. So I really value that. That's I awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love I it. I value it too, man. You know, there's moments in my life where I, I probably didn't value it just yeah. because, you know, you know, sometimes when you're in something for a long time, you can just, you can just grow a little bit content content have a little bit of contempt towards it mm -hmm. and so for me you know I, I went through that season but then i've come out of it with just such a love man with mm. such a love for uh, the local church and a love for uh, ministers you know mm. who are in who represent the majority of churches in america yeah you know ministers in churches that are like you know the the average church attendance was probably 50. Yeah. If there was 100 people in the church, mm -hmm. man, I was getting goosebumps. I was yeah. like butterflies in my stomach. Like, like, mom, I don't know if I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I have such a love for, for pastors and mm. local church leaders who are in, who are kind of unsung in these cities yeah. that are, you know, that need churches mm -hmm. and they're laboring yeah. and they're doing the work of the ministry. They're doing it. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, they are. It's the backbone of the church. Like we, I know we celebrate the, you know, the mega churches and a lot of the yes. ones, they get all the fanfare, but people came from somewhere. They didn't just like, not everybody's in the cities, right? They grew yeah. up in the middle of nowhere going to church. I mean, for us in Massachusetts, yeah, there was only like 
one or two on fire churches wow. within like a 45 minute drive that, that we knew about. Yeah. And we would drive 45 minutes to go to the assemblies of God wow. church that was, that had, you know, yeah, some, some understanding, some, yeah. some life. And, uh, and I love my mom got saved in assemblies of God tent meeting from a traveling evangelist. Wow. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I had my first encounter and got saved at 17 at the, at an assembly. So I, I love it. Yeah. I think me too. I, there's such a value for it. And like, like you said, there was 50 people. Yeah. The night I got saved, there might've been 60 people in the church. Wow. And, uh, I love that. Yeah. And, and that represents most of the churches in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. those Even guys, those itinerants, like my itinerant world. Yeah. Is so different than their itinerant world. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they really like, they just get in their cars and they drive and they drive and they drive and they minister and then they drive. Like, it's a totally different lifestyle. Yeah, my parents have been doing it for 30 years. My goodness. And so it's like, and you know, there's been so many seasons where I'm like, you need to stop. You need to do something else. Mm -hmm. You need to, but it's like, no, God has called them to do it. I think that, you know, one of the sad things about the day and age we're living in is like, people just aren't able to do things for a long time anymore. Mm. You know, because they're always wanting to change, but. Um, Why do you think it is? I mean, I think it's because we're easily um, swayed by culture and by mm. cultural trends. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's seasons, you know. The, the Lord very very well may have told my parents to do something different. Mm. But he may not have. Mm. And so they've just been obedient for the last 30 years. And so I think that, and I think there's something beautiful about longevity. Oh, yeah. I think there's something so beautiful about longevity and about doing something for a long time, um, but impatience and uh, impatience in our generation um, makes people switch and do th different things all the time. And so wow. I've I've always valued doing things for a long time. Come on, yeah. <laughs> what so? And you think that's because just watching your parents being yeah, without it, seeing the fruit. They're they're the most steadfast, faithful people, consistent. I mean, I've ever met. Wow. I've ever met. Like, they are just, they are steadfast, faithful, love the Lord, serve the Lord. And, you know, so that's like my, that's that's my been my perspective. Come on. Growing up as a little child. And the cool thing about it, you know, going back to your question about, you know, it hurting your kids. I think it only hurts your kids when ministry is just your profession. Mm. When ministry is just like a portion of your life. Yeah. Rather than like following Jesus mm. being the hallmark of everything. So for me, like I saw my parents follow Jesus every right. day. Dude, you know, I'm a hundred percent with you. Yeah. And you're like preaching my message because in the mission, there's a stigma with pastors, kids, ministry kids. Yeah. Uh, PKs, MKs. Well, we call it missionary kids, MKs, right? Yes, you hear absolutely. a lot of the stories, whether it's pastors or missionaries where it's like, we were, we were forced onto the field. Like we didn't yeah. want to be there or my parents sent me to boarding school and they have a lot of resentment for the work that their parents did. And in my theory is, yeah. I don't see that in Iris. Yeah. I mean, every so often you have some stuff, but I don't see that in our kids. Yes. And even in my own kids, in yeah. my theory is if hypocrisy destroys trust, right? Oh, yeah. So if you're living a hypocritical life, if you like, if, if ministry is everything, not just a passion, but unto the Lord, if, yeah. Then, then kids will pick up on that. They yes. know when it's fake, and they know if you're different at home, and they yes. know when you're putting on a show. Yeah. And and at least I feel this about our, our Iris crew is like 
they get to the kids get to witness the miracles. They get to be a part mm. of it. It's not just a profession. Yeah, and that's right? that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a beautiful culture to have. You know, yeah. I've experienced that too. Is with Iris global missionaries and people who I've come in contact with, they definitely have a value for family that is really awesome. Come on. And I think it's so important. You know, I, I just grew up, you know, hearing my dad wake, waking up to the sound of my dad praying every mm. morning and my mom on a mm. call mm. praying with somebody. You know, I've seen them, you know, open up our home when we didn't have a lot to, you know, African minis- missionary mm. minist- ministers when they would come into town and give them, you know, $20, $100 when I knew we didn't have a lot of money, but like they, they sacrificed, right. they sacrificed and lived the gospel. They lived the gospel. So for me, it was like, mm, like, I believe them. Mm. I believe the God that my parents are representing. You know, I might not always agree with the tactics that they right. use. I may not always agree with the, with the systems that they use, but I know that the God that they're serving and the God that they're, that they're representing is real. And yeah. so I want him to be my God. So uh, did your father have... Uh, like a certain message that he was known for oh, or did, yeah. was he just everything like what 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 would be the I'm showing up and I'm teaching on Acts 2 and Acts 10 okay yeah. give it to me give me the, the summary of Pentecost yep. and revival at the house of Cornelius okay. <laughs> those were his messages for right. 16 years yeah, dude. I got so I got the Absolutely. same I got the same like I got a couple in my pocket, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were my dad's messages. Acts 2, you know, and he would get to Peter's message and Mm -hmm. he would get going. Mm -hmm. In in his African accent, men and brethren, we are not drunk as you supposed. (laughs) (laughs) But this is it, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He would go off and the the crowds would go wild. You know, everybody would stand up and go crazy when he would get to that part because he would talk about, you know, the promise, the gift of the father. Mm -hmm. And, And so, I, you know, I grew up hearing about that and then seeing people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit every week. Hundreds of people, hundreds of people, you know, probably thousands of people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, him, you know, Acts 10, you know, mm. talking about Cornelius and how revival is for everybody, how the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. And Come so oh, man, that, I grew up hearing that my whole life. OK, craziest thing you saw. Hmm. Craziest thing I saw when on the road as a kid in ministry, like what was something that not even crazy, but like yeah. what was something that sticks out to you all those years? I mean, just seeing people fill with the baptism of the Holy mm. Spirit to where it's like, like I am fully convinced of the Holy Spirit's power and activity in yeah. our lives. Wow. I'm fully convinced of the importance of the Holy Spirit in the hour that we're living in and the need for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the need for the infilling of him uh, in our lives. I'm so convinced because I saw so many people's life transformed, yeah. you know, by that message that my dad was preaching, you know, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you know, hundreds of people, you know, my dad would have one specific um, exercise that he would do to help people receive the gift of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. And I mean, I saw hundreds of people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Hundreds. So my mind is marked with that. Wow. So now every time, everywhere I go, I'm like, you know, and even in church at, at Legacy, I'm like, you need to be filled. Yeah. You know, my dad would just say straight, up, hey, yeah. you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you need to, you need to get the, you need the right. gift of speaking in tongues. So your dad is Assemblies of God, right? Is he, yeah. tongues is the sign or a sign? Um, my, and my, this is the thing, my dad's not really like, he's not like, 
I'm at every Assemblies of God. Right, right. It was just it just so happened to be the organization okay. that yeah. he 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 um they have a culture. Like the Assemblies to. of God has a culture of that where my they're dad like didn't, where they where they move and travel. My dad didn't he wasn't okay. a part of that. Because okay. a lot of them viewed my dad as a missionary, but mm. he would come and preach. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times when missionaries go in, they just tell totally about what they're you. doing. Mm -hmm. But my dad would be like, he would spend 30 minutes talking about Zimbabwe, and then the rest he would just preach. <laughs> he would just preach the gospel. Wow. You know, he would preach uh, whatever he was preaching. And so, um, I, I, don't really, I don't really know. I mean, I think, I'm sure that he would probably say that it's like the sign. Yep. It's the sign. It's when, yeah. but I also like you know. I think that he would say that hey, people are filled with the they have yeah. the Holy Spirit resident in them, you know. Whenever they accept Jesus into their lives, I totally. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I know that one of the main outworks yeah, that yeah, he yeah. believes no, is that I get it, dude. You speak in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, t I totally get. It. That's I, I grew up around that. Yeah. In and so I just I just love it. I love it all. Okay. Yes. So you get up and sing. Yeah. I, I really want to hit this because I think that. Come on. And I, and forgive me because I know that. I know you've probably shared this story a lot. Yeah. But I haven't heard it. Yes. And I'm really excited to hear how yeah. do you go from traveling around. That's yeah. To being on one of the biggest, biggest platforms globally. Yes, sir. And using this gift that, you know, was given to you by the Lord. Yes. And uh, and. And being thrust in front of millions and millions of people every week. What? Tell me about that story, if you don't Absolutely mind. Absolutely no. So started singing at four years old. I told you Jesus loves me. Mm -hmm. I start with that because it's 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 in it's all in alignment with where that that moment mm. and those moments that I had. And so I'm singing with my parents every Sunday at a different church. I'm not. I don't even really. I'm not really even leading worship. Mm. I'm just singing a special. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, I get into high school. And I start doing musical theater. Mm. So I start doing musical theater. I have two incredible music teachers, Larry Downey, Julie Hester. I always named them because they had they awesome. played that big of a part um, in my life. And so I remember one summer, Larry was like, Mr. Downey, excuse me, was like, hey, <laughs> I want to teach you how to sing. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? I know how to sing. He was like, no, I want you to come to my house every single week for the next 11 weeks of summer, and I'm gonna teach you how to sing. So I did that. And that's when like really like my gift changed. It was when it was like, it took on a whole new form. Mm. And so that's when I really started, you know, stepping outside of the bounds of just, you know, singing on the Sunday morning. I was doing musical theater. I was really honing my gift. And um, I thought I was gonna go to school for musical theater. So. My senior year, I'm, um, I have multiple scholarship opportunities to different universities wow. in the United States to do um, musical theater. Uh, but the Lord switched that up real quick. I end up going to Oral Roberts University. Okay. I vowed I would never go. Yeah. Because my Following parents, your father's footsteps there, brother. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't no, my mom went there. My dad went there. My brother went there. My sister went there. I was like, I'm not going there. Plus, the university, like, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, like, multiple times, the, the university was, like, on the verge of closing. Mm, right. <laughs> you know, they were going through such financial hardship. But then um, uh, Mark Green then Hobby Lobby saved the university. They got an Amazing. incredible president. Um, and the Lord supernaturally directed me towards Oral Roberts University. That's when I first started leading worship. And what year was this? 2010. Okay. 
2010s when I got to Oral Roberts. And so during that four years, um, I was like, okay, God, if you're going to have me here, I'm going to give it my all. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to jump, jump in. Right. And those were the four most formative years of my faith thus far. I'm still eating from the fruit of that season yeah. at Oral Roberts University. Um, everything that I learned there, the messages that were imparted into me, and and this is in line with everything where I'm. You yeah, know, I'm good. This is good, yeah. dude. I, I love this. Yeah. I want to hear the story. Yeah, like I know, I know where you've gone, but that's not why I sat you down. Yeah, I would have started off being like, "Hey, tell us about the voice." Without a doubt. Right. So, like, I want to hear the story because everybody watching this, they're yeah. all on a journey. They all have words. They all have ex- their own experience. Yeah. And. Listen, I love the fruit. I love where God brought you. But yeah. so often it's the pieces along the way. Yeah. You know? And and I get to see you on Sunday. Yes. So I could care less. Yeah. Some of the highs that you've had. Without a doubt. Because all of those things have led you to leading, I think, one of the most, I, I, I'm a little biased, but yeah. I think one of the most necessary churches in, mm. in the Nashville Amen. area. So. I believe it. That, I, be, I, yeah. I really, really believe it. And so Oral Roberts University did four years there. It was amazing. But during that time, again, it was a very formative time in my, in just the cultivation of the gift that God had given me. Mm. I started writing music there. But then also there was like a burning passion in Mm. me to like not just sing in the church. Mm. Like I had a burning passion to like reach the world, Mm. reach the world with music and not just in not just Christian music. And so I got, I graduated from Moral Roberts University within um, that next year, I just launched out and started doing music. I, I started as an artist, um, traveling to different places, really anywhere that anybody would let me come sing, I would, I would go and sing. Um, I was known as the resident national anthem singer in my city. Really? Oh yeah, I would sing the national anthem Have you everywhere. ever screwed it up? Nope. I've watched all the videos. Well, I mean, I've had like bad performances. Okay, but like, have you ever like screwed up the words? Nope. Oh, that's those are are some of my favorite videos. I've never. um, Check them out. (laughs) I've never, I've never screwed up the words by the grace of God. But then I, I was, I recorded an album, and it was actually like a contemporary Christian album. And then within a few months, Hmm. um, I received an email from The Voice. I had connection with The Voice before. Um, through one of my, um, through an acquaintance of mine who had been on the show, was a recruiter for the show. Um, and I had auditioned once, didn't make it while I was in college. And then um, after I released this album, after a couple months, graduated, they hit me up and they said, Brian, we would love for you to come and audition for uh, for The Voice. And so I set up a blind audition, I set up a private audition in Oklahoma okay. City. I went and then, passed that audition, went to Los Angeles, and I did an audition there. And then the Oh, next forgive thing, me, forgive me, man. Yes. I, I don't want to cut you off, but like yeah, I grew up do. when American Idol came out. Yeah. Okay, so I and I haven't I don't watch too many of them. Yeah. But the whole thing, you know, the premise is like everybody comes in, they yeah. they go through auditions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you move on, right? You mm-hmm. sit in front of judges. Mm-hmm. Is that was that similar or you're or are they just individually bringing people yeah. in? The Voice is a lot different than okay. American Idol in that the Voice is looking for artists. Okay, they're looking for they're not even really looking for people who aren't good singers. Okay, if you're not a great singer, you're not going okay. on the Voice. So it's different in that respect. And so, like the penultimate point okay. of the Voice is the blind auditions. 
where you get to sing in front of the four coach, four coaches. Okay. And so um, I ultimately made it to that point where I um, sang in front of Burrell, uh, Christina Aguilera, Adam Levine, and Blake Shelton. Okay. And so yeah, I actually sang "Happy" by Pharrell. So I sang "Happy" in front now, of Now, did you Happy. know he was going to be there? Yeah. So you picked. That song. They picked it for me. Oh, really? I had been singing it during some of my auditions. Okay. And so they liked my version of it. Um, and so I got to sing it for uh, Happy in front of Pharrell. And I didn't even really think anything of it right until right before I sang. And so, you know, luckily he, um, he turned around. Him and Blake turned around. And I had the opportunity. But I think the most incredible moment, and just to bring it full circle for you, is, you know, as I was telling my story during my blind audition, and I'm sure that you guys can put a clip in. Dude, what we're going to do is we're going to put a clip in, Maddie and Corey. Yeah, yeah. We're going to put a clip in uh, as long as we're allowed to show Absolutely, a clip. Absolutely, We're yeah. going to put a clip in. Yeah, before YouTube strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe 30 seconds. But um, during my audition, you know, Pharrell asked me uh, just about my story. And I started telling them about my story, about my parents, and about how my parents had the opportunity to... Uh, come to the United States and how we traveled in ministry. And the first song that I ever sung was Jesus Loves Me. And so in that moment, he asked me to sing Jesus Loves Me. And so I sang Jesus Loves Me on the voice. And it was an incredible moment because it was like, you know, this was what I prayed for. It, this is what. Is that song like Jesus Loves Me? Oh, yes, he does. No, Jesus Loves Me. This I know. Oh, okay, the Bible okay. tells me. It's like, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, that one. Absolutely. Um, and so I sang it. And that became the, my hallmark moment. On the voice, I ultimately made it to the top twenty of the voice, um, but that moment of you know it was a full circle just in in my walk with the Lord mm -hmm. because I remember you know I sang Jesus loves me for the first time in front of probably twenty people in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and then had the opportunity on the voice you know in front of countless millions of people um, to sing Jesus loves me again, and so for me it was just a moment where I was like. A moment where, you know, the providence of God, you know, just was in full bloom. And it was so beautiful to have the opportunity to be a witness to the world through that way. And it was what I always prayed for, man. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've always just been like, okay, you know, I love singing in church, being in church. But I'm like, there's a world out there that's in need of Jesus. Mm. And there's a world of out there that's in need of not just my voice, but voices. Mm. Voices of people who will come to them rather than them waiting for them to come to them. And so I've always, that's always been my heart. And that continues to be my heart. Um, even though, you know, I work at a church, like my heart is very much like I want to reach the world. I want to reach the world with the gift that God has given me because I feel like that's who he's called it for mm. is to bring people into him is to use the gift that he's given me. And so after the voice, what um, the incredible thing for me was actually after the voice. Give it to when, me. What, what, um, what happened? I, um, so there was a measure of influence yeah. that was gained through the voice and it was great. But then I work, I was working with my brother at the time. And after the voice, we were like, okay, what are we going to do next? So I was like, okay, we got to release music. We got to release music or do something like that. 
So are there people there trying to sign you? Are there people there? Yes, without just, a doubt. Okay. Yeah, there's and you're opportunities navigating all here. of that. Yeah, especially within like the first six to eight months. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of opportunities. Honestly, I, I probably like had the the biggest opportunity. Well, I didn't get it, but I was in line for the biggest opportunity of my life, like my dream opportunity. Can you share? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was. Um, probably in the top three to be seaweed in hairspray live on nbc after the voice so really yeah yeah i saw i was in new york constantly you know meeting with the executive producers and whatnot ended up didn't get it yeah. which is all good but i was living my dream i was like oh this is it lord dude we're shooting to the star you know what i'm saying <laughs> um but you know the lord had different plans yeah and so but we ended up starting to release music and the Lord put on my heart to release love songs. Yeah. And so I started releasing love songs. Yeah. And the Lord's blessed them and has used those songs across the world. You know, actually, Africa is like my biggest fan base. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a gigantic fan base in Africa. Yeah. In Zimbabwe or across like the across continent? Africa? Across the continent. Yeah. So do you ever go on tour over there or? I've gone three times, two mm -hmm. or three times. And um, then 2020, everything with 2020 right. has kind of just, um, which is fine. The Lord has just directed me. But I do like, I do a lot of African weddings here in the United States. It's so awesome. Are it's you like serious? It's like the best ever. So I you get it. a phone call. I yeah. want you to come see oh, my book wedding. Me, yeah, they'll book me through the processes that we have and whatnot. And you have an agent? Uh, yeah. Or you have somebody that handles mm -hmm. all book that stuff? All that good stuff. And so... It's been a blessing, man, to kind of have the best of both worlds, um, to be able to serve God's church and then also use my gift to touch the lives of people um, who may not come to church. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the story of the voice, of how the voice happened. So I, I think uh, it's, it's, you know, I think I saw a, a thumbnail yeah. on YouTube of you singing the national anthem at like a... NFL game, yes, yeah, right? game, yes, Chiefs yes, game. yes, yes. Okay. Um, so, so you know, you're st you're you're in front of millions on TV. You stand in front of tens of thousands, yes, and fields, and then you come home, yes, and you're pastoring, yes, right? yeah, and you're in the you're in the muck, yeah, with people. You're yeah. planning agendas. You're I, I was with you all, you know, from eight to two yesterday. Yep. yep. And, and you were running around, man, yeah. and then answering in and getting words like, yeah, those are two totally different lives. Yes. Like lifestyles. One's, you know, one, you're using this gift that comes so naturally. I mean, I'm just watching you seeing it comes. So, I put you on the spot yesterday yeah. and it's just like, it just comes so naturally. And I know preaching comes naturally as well, but they're just two totally different worlds. Yeah. How do you navigate? Like having this part of you that's tasted mm -hmm. influence on such a large scale. And I know that legacy has a following globally. Like people yeah. people tune in. But it is it's two different worlds. Yeah, without a doubt. How do you navigate that being like, man, I've tasted this thing of reaching the masses mm. and I'm living this thing of reaching the local. Yeah. Cause everybody, at least in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's like well, you've done stadiums, you've done crusades, right? Yeah. Like, go more of that. That's oh, the success. Yeah. Like, that's the big thing. Yeah. And then I come back and I'm sitting here in a house. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Being a CEO. Just trying to get people 
you know, raises or whatever, yeah. you know, or not you guys though. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> you know, like navigating these two totally polar opposite worlds. Yeah. How, how, how have you navigated that? Hmm, I think I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think number one is just not limiting God. Um, I think that so many times, and I definitely have this propensity, it's to limit God and it's to limit, like, what he wants to do with our lives. Mm. And and I think that as it pertains to pastoring and as it pertains to, you know, being part of a local church, that is the gift that I didn't know I needed. Mm. That's the gift that, you know, everything else, like, in my life was, like, kind of what I wanted. Mm. You know, and it's, it was like my dream. But then it was like God gave me so much more in making me part of a local church like Legacy. Yeah. And so for me, it's just not limiting what God wants to do. Mm. You know, I don't want to put a cap on God on something that like that God wants to be an open ceiling. Mm. And so for me, I'm constantly in that place. And it's really hard because it's like the propensity of people is to put boxes on you so that they can understand you. Right. So that they can understand you, keep tabs of you, keep mm-hmm. their finger on you. Yeah. And and I've had to I've had to, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit, just learn how to not care mm-hmm. like what their what their limited thoughts are of me yeah. are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. And so for me, being a part of local church, it's in, it's been ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and the opportunity opening out at Legacy, me and my wife, we moved to Nashville two weeks after we get married. And the first thing that we do is look for a local church. Because it's like, no matter what, even when I'm here, when I'm traveling, when I'm doing these things, releasing music into the world, it's like, but my heart will always be yoked to his church. Mm. My heart will always be yoked to the local church. And, and it's really sad because I think so many artists and people in this space who are like, even Christians, who are like, you know, they're Christian artists, but it's like they'll have nothing to do with the local church. Totally. And, and I feel I feel for them because I, I, it actually, it's hard to be known. It is. When you're famous, it's like, or when you've experienced a level of fame, it's like there's almost something that rises up in you that's like, okay, I don't want people to know me. Mm. And when you're ingrained and in, when you're a part of a local church, people know you. Mm. It's like they don't care that you're singing to tens of thousands. Right. They care how do you how are you treating me? Right. And how are you behaving in church? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's a stumbling block. I'm sure it's for a lot of evangelists, missionaries, itinerants too. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird <laughs> because it depends on where you go. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. I think legacy. Mm-hmm is incredible at navigating. Well, the first thing, you could pick up a rock and hit somebody with a yes. couple hundred thousand followers oh, yeah. at, at Legacy. Yeah. So there's a culture, at least here in Nashville, Even there's a weird culture here that I haven't experienced in too many other places. Yeah. There's a weird culture where there's really well-known people all around. Yeah. And most of the time, people don't bother them. Yeah. Right? Like, I won't go a week without seeing someone walking on the street at the supermarket where you're like, oh, I know them, mm-hmm. right? I'm, you know, like I've seen them, I've heard them, I've watched them. Yeah. It's, it's really weird here, it, but it's incredible. But a lot of them, and, and I know some fairly well-known people, Yeah. and they struggle going to church. Oh, yeah. Because people bother them. 
Mm, and true. it's hard. Yeah. It really is hard. Like, yeah. you know, for me in ministry, people will stop me mm. and it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Because usually I get to hear some amazing testimony. It yeah. gets weird though when it's nonstop and you're just trying to live normal yeah. life with your wife and kids. That's very true. And people are like, you know, oh, I want to do this. Oh, will you pray for me? Oh, will you do this? Like, yeah. So navigating that is can be challenging, but yeah. especially for someone that's like really, really well known. Yeah. They they can't let their hair down because people look for opportunities to get a picture yeah. and you just want to go to church. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's really sad. You know, I think yeah. that and I think it's a, it's like incumbent upon leadership in churches to create an atmosphere and environment where like that does it. That doesn't happen. How do you do that? Mm, I think that, <laughs> well, I think at Legacy, what mm -hmm. we've done is like, number one, like help have open conversations and dialogues with people um, who are who are of influence, like on like the important, helping them understand the importance of the local church. And then number two, like creating an atmosphere and environment where everybody is somebody. Right. Everybody is somebody. It's not like there's not just a few people in mm -hmm. our church who are somebody. Right. I think that Pastor Lyle has done such an amazing. So amazing. Yes. Yeah, such Allison, an amazing. They yeah. Just, yeah. They do such an amazing job of making people feel loved and feel known. Mm -hmm. But I think that in a lot of churches, there's like a there's there's like echelons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's echelons within these churches that like really feed that stuff feed what we're talking about mm -hmm. and feed this like entertainment culture that exists. But one of the things we're trying to do at legacy, I mean, I think it's who we are. It's mm -hmm. not even that we're doing a lot of hard work to do it, but who we are is like, everybody is somebody. Mm -hmm. Everybody is somebody in yeah. this place yeah. and everybody is valuable. No matter if you're a stay at home mom or you're leading, leading mm. 30,000 people in worship. Yeah. On a weekend. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is somebody. So I feel like that's how we've done that. And it's tangible. You walk mm. in the place. I, 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 I'm sure you do this with singers, right? Yeah. And with ministers too. But I pay attention to things that I think a lot of people wouldn't pay attention to. They just yeah. say it's normal. But like I watch Lyle yeah. on a Sunday. He'll be preaching. And then he'll like stop and he'll point at some random person that he's known for 10 years in the church or yeah. eight years in the church. And he'll be like, dude. I know you know what I'm saying. Like he, yeah. he does what, and those teeny little things that most people just skip over. That's so important because he's not just speaking to the person sitting on the front or the the well known person. He's like he connects so well and he does it seamlessly throughout. He does all of his ministry, all of his time. It's yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. That's brilliant, man. Yeah, it it so really beautiful. is. It really is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I've learned a lot from him in that in yeah. that respect and regard. Yeah, that dude has, is the king of like these one hillbilly one-liners. Oh, like, they're hilarious! <laughs> yeah, he's made he's made the southern accent and preaching. Something oh, that, famous! Yeah, yeah, he's so, he's so great. Yeah. Um, you were you were talking about influence, right? Yeah, In culture at Legacy, mm -hmm. and there very much is everybody prays, everybody plays, right? Yeah, John Wimber coined that phrase. He's I like, love it. All of you guys are a piece. Yeah, and you do that. You. I feel like you guys do that really beautifully. Yeah. What, uh, as you, as you're preparing and as you're coming together, like, how have you, oh, how do I put this? How have you guys navigated, um, worship? 
in a city that's known for music, mm -hmm. in a city that's known for talent. Um, and I've watched you guys, even even this last month, you've been the the topic has been the altar and worship. Yeah, and I watched, uh, I listened to you. I watched you and yeah. listened. Um, share about the dangers of worship mm -hmm. and you really actually brought a word of correction. Yeah. Uh, how have you guys navigated popularity, character, influence, worship and keeping worship pure? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me, you know, especially in my influence or the, what I've tried to do in, um, as I've had the opportunity to influence the worship at a church is make the whole conversation about, everything but music mm -hmm. so because like talent's not the problem like it's not the problem right. like at our church talent is not the problem it's like we have enough people to you know i mean there's churches across the united states who would kill for the people who will never touch the stage at our church mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying so for me the conversation isn't about your gift mm -hmm. it's about your heart and it's about how you're tending to the garden of your heart. Mm. So for me, before I ever have a conversation about music with somebody, I want to have the conversation about purity with somebody. Mm. And I want to have the conversation about, like, is Jesus your Lord? Mm. Or is Jesus the person, is Jesus the vehicle you're using to get to your dreams? You know, because, and, and I, the Lord has just kindly given me, and, you know, even the other guys who I work with on, guys and girls who I work with on, um, the worship staff at Legacy discernment to mm. understand when, like somebody's motivations. Do you guys have a process that you take people through? Without a doubt. What, what does that look like? Um, the process is very practical. Um, we take them, you know, they do an audition. They send in an audition. They do an audition. and But they have to be at the church for like six months, four to six months or something like that. I love that. Like, so we have to like, you got to be able to stay long enough mm -hmm. and like be cool with not being on the stage. Mm. Um, and you know, hey, it, that's that in itself is a test, and it's a, it sifts out those who j are just here to be, a, to use their gift, mm. and so you know, then the conversation, like the main conversation I'm having with somebody is like, how's the condition of your heart, mm. and what are you doing to tend to the garden of your heart, because we know that a baseline requirement for worship is a pure heart baseline yeah. you, know, you know who may ascend the hill of the lord he who has clean hands and a pure heart you know blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god mm -hmm. and so for us in worship we take that very serious i take that very serious like i really don't care how you can sing like i really don't care like, you singing great cool i've met a better singer I promise I have. <laughs> I promise I've met a better singer. Mm. You know what? Like, I'm not trying to be, to be braggadocious, but I'm probably a better singer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so I really don't care how you sing. I care about how you're guarding your heart yeah. and how you're tending to the garden of your heart. Because to me, that's more important than anything else. Mm. Mm. And I think that like that, that's like the issue. And I know Steffi, Steph Gretz talked about it a lot oh, on the podcast that you do. There's like, that's the issue that we're running into right now is that people aren't tending the garden of their heart. So we're, we're letting any and everybody, any and everybody leave worship or be any. And what they're doing is they're erecting idols. Mm. Like they're just left and right. We're erecting idols that we're calling worship. But really it's like, it's people 
it's self-gratification. Like, people love themselves. They love themselves and they love themselves on stage. Like, that's the prevalent thing that you see in worship today. It's like, like if you, even the outworking of it. Like, the, if you watch people, it's like, you like yourself. You know? It's like, you like yourself and, like, you love what you're doing right now. And it's like, and the question has to be asked, does God like it? And I don't think enough people are asking that question. Does God like what I'm doing? Does, yeah. <laughs> does God like what I'm doing? Does God like, you know, honestly ask the question, does God like this? Okay, most people I think would say, of course he likes it. I'm worshiping, I'm leading. Yeah. Look at the influence, look at the platform I have. Of course God likes it. I am here because God has opened up these doors and look at how he's blessed it. What would you say in response? Without a doubt, I would say, well, what's the outworking of your life? What's the fruit of your life outside of this? Like, you doing good? Like, how's your relationship with the Lord? How's your, how's your thoughts? You know, how are your thoughts? How are your, how is your family? How are those things? Because to me, that's a better indicator of if God likes it than it, like how you're doing on stage. Because anybody can move people with their gifts. That's like, we probably have the most gifted generation ever. Right. As it pertains to the outworking of worship. Like, I listen to some things, I'm like, dang. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's unbelievable. But, like, very few times do I feel like, man, God loves that. Or that's, like, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. is, And, and I'm not the one who gets to judge. That. And I, I wrestle with that a lot. I'm like, Lord, I don't even want to think these mm. thoughts. God, I don't, I don't even want to think these thoughts. You know what? I just, like, remove me from, mm. like, remove me from this process because I, I just like to be very honest like and i have this conversation with the staff I was like you know you know what, guys i don't even really want to do this i don't even really want to like like i'd rather just like worship with my family than like lead a bunch of people in worship because the, the fear of god that i have within mm. me of like of what it can be if i'm not careful mm. And so, like, I hate, like, I don't love the, I don't love the industry. I don't love the worship industry. I don't like it. I don't like, like, and, and it's funny because I'm in it. I'm in it. And I'm, like, a part of it. And it's like, Lord, Lord, and I'm being very vulnerable. I love it. Very transparent right now. It's like, Lord, I don't want to be, like, I, why can't you, like, I just want to be a part of the music industry. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, it's been a very, like, in that, and it's been a very interesting season for me, like, being ingratiated in this and, like, just navigating the waters of everything that is happening within the world of worship and then ultimately having, you know, the responsibility of leading people mm. in that. So back to your questions, like, before I ask, like, I'm even asking people about their gifts. I'm asking them about their heart. Right. Because I'm like, okay, your gift, that's cool. It could move a lot of people. But, like, the condition of your heart is so much more important. Hmm. It's so much more important. I, I think you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said it's an industry. Yeah. An industry, that's like a, that's a dangerous term. Yeah. Worship is an industry. Yeah. Like, that's strange. Oh, it's so strange. I, but I understand, like, I could also say the same thing about the itinerant lifestyle yeah. and the preaching lifestyle, right? Yeah. So how would you, if there's a young worshiper that's like, I want to be used by God in worship, 
Yes. Which I think is a beautiful thing. Me too. And I also believe that if if God's on something like that, that it will get highlighted, mm-hmm. right? And so knowing that we are in a new time when somebody in their bedroom worshiping the Lord in podunk middle of nowhere can have some of the have access to the largest platform in the world. What would you tell that 13, 14, 15 year old kid who, who has a gift from God, the favors on it. And in their heart of hearts, they don't want to make it into an industry. Yes. Well, what's some wisdom or advice that you'd give them on how to navigate this next season of their life with a gift? That's really good. I mean, I think you said something that's very important and it's, I'm going to highlight something that we're getting wrong and then I'll come back. Great. If that's okay. You do whatever you want. Like one of the things we're doing wrong is that we're treating the the occupation of being a worship leader like the pursuit of being an artist. Do you know what I mean? I, I hear you. And that's wrong. I think that's wrong. I think that the pursuit of like, of, 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 of like, being a, a leader of worship as like the steps of becoming a famous artist, mm-hmm. it it sets people up to ultimately be jaded. Because okay. then when along that process, something doesn't shape in your favor mm-hmm. or someone tells you that you're not ready for this, you take it as rejection. Mm. You to, like, like someone would on the street who's singing... And American Idol says, you're not ready. Right. You know what I mean? Like the correlate, like, I just think that the correlation and the, like the way we've made those two things parallel has set so many, like a generation up for failure. Mm -hmm. And it goes back. We have to go back to worship truly as like a lifestyle rather than an occupation. Someone who's gifted in that, what I would tell them, it's similar. I mean, I I really ain't got, I don't have a lot of, my message is very simple. What I would tell them is that, hey, you keep, you stay, you keep doing what you're doing in the secret place. Mm -hmm. And you keep, and I would tell them this, you need to be serving your local church. Yeah. You need to be serving the house of God. That, like you need to if if you are if you want to be a worship leader I'm gonna just say this right now. <laughs> go for it man. if you want to be a worship leader and you don't want to be involved in your church you are wrong you are like you are you're completely and utterly wrong like your your desire is wrong because why because the outworking of worship the outworking of worship was generally in the house of God. Mm-hmm. It was in the temple and the tabernacle with the Levites, right? And then there will be situations where they will be sent out. They will be sent out. To me, I think it's the same with like missionaries and and itinerants. I I think the importance of being sent out is so important because like if you're not sent out, you're not covered. Hmm. And God has a way, God has chosen, I don't know why, I don't know why. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. I'm not sure the reason why. But he's chosen to use the local church as the vehicle for sending his people out. Right. For the hub for cultivating and for the and for sending out his people. Right. And I just feel like right now we have so many people who are like, don't want to be involved with the church. Yeah. At all. 
Yeah. And and you're you're a sitting duck for the enemy. Yeah. You're a sitting duck thinking that you can start being a worship leader without the inception of it being in God's house. Yep. Or you can go out and be a missionary or an itinerant without the inception of all of it being in his right. house. Right. You know what I mean? Paul and Silas sent out from the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you. It's like, Will, you have every reason, you have every reason in the world not to be involved in the church. And, I, and I've every, gone through seasons of that. Yeah. And I missed it. Yeah. You have every reason, Will. You're famous. You're like, you could be booked every day of the week for the rest of your life, Will. I don't know about that, but it, I can stay busy. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Anyways, you can stay as busy as you want yeah. forever. You know what I mean? But you've chosen to submit yourself to God's house. And you've chosen to say, hey, I'm going to be undercover and allow God to send me from this place. Yeah. I think we have a generation of people who want to start outside of his house and have all of their outworkings right. go outside of it. So to the young worship, to the young worshiper, I'm saying like number one, tend the garden of your heart. Okay. Number two, get involved in your local church and allow every expression of what you're doing. Because if God has truly called you to the nations of the earth, mm. if God has truly called you to travel and to do all of these amazing things he's going to do it from his house mm. i believe i i have conviction yeah. about that and i've seen the outworking in my life well yeah i see so like i'm not just well, a it's day one simple, it's yeah, what you've done from day one it's what i've done for day one and i've seen the lord like i've seen the lord of us as i've yoked myself to his church i've seen provision i've seen covering i've seen guidance i've seen all of that from his house, mm. from his house. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Mm. You know, and I just fear for a generation of people who don't, who are struggling with a love for the church, who are struggling with a love for the, for the local church, but have a desire to do a bunch of things for God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it's like, to me, this is the way my, my parents would always say, you know, and I don't know if it's like theologically correct. It's probably not, but it was a good saying and it really helped me. Like, how can you have God as your father if the church is not your mother? Mm. How can you have God as your father if the church is not your mother? You know what I'm saying? And I think it's his bride. It's his bride. And so for me, it's like, man, the importance for a young artist, for a young person who's in worship and who's in ministry, like yoking themselves to the church. And this is the thing about the church is your leaders will sometimes tell you, Hey, it's not time. Right. And like, where else are you going to get that? That accountability. Okay. So let me just play the other side of the coin. Please okay? do. So yeah. I'm that 14 year old kid and yeah. I'm in a church that doesn't celebrate my giftings, mm. that doesn't celebrate, mm. right. That, that, that the leader is full of pride. Yeah. Full of anger. And is and is is not in a healthy place, right? Yeah. And what would you say to that kiddo, right? Yeah. Who's really cultivating their gift, they're cultivating their intimacy, but their church has no place for them. Their church doesn't yeah, just doesn't value that. Like I grew up in a church yeah. where it was it was an organ. Yeah. Right? And yeah. we would have scripture songs. Yeah. 
and there was no even place to worship uh, outside of really a, a hymnal. And I love those guys, and I lo- and I think there's a place for that. Yes, I love it. I learned so much scripture from hymns. Yeah, but uh, what would you say to a kid that that doesn't have a way or a place where they can even move in their giftings? I would I would say to somebody like that, study the life of David. Mm. Study the life of David, a man who was in the in the pasture, and somehow, some way, God found him. Yeah, and then once his time of you know elevation is coming, he's serving in the palace of a king mm. who's throwing spears at him, mm. who's throwing spears at him, who's doing any and everything he can can to thwart his gifting and to thwart his influence, but somehow. Dude, you're preaching Some one of my way. messages right now. You know what I mean? Have you been God. listening to me preach? <laughs> oh, of it's course I've been listening. Favorite. It's one of my yeah. favorite yeah. favorite examples. I tell every intern. Yeah. Not a, you know, like I tell everyone that's serving, mm-hmm. right? Like David, in obedience yep. to his calling, yep. had spears thrown at him. Mm-hmm. Was on the run mm-hmm. for, for years, for decades. Yep. He was on the run from this man multiple times had the opportunity to kill him mm. but wouldn't touch the lord's anointing because number one it comes down to trust right do you trust god yeah Oof. you know like and that's one big thing that like i deal with a lot with young worship leaders is right. like do you actually trust god because the I, you're, the outworking in your behavior is telling me you don't mm. And this is the thing, I've had that, I, that's been my testimony. It's like, with my mouth, I'm saying I trust him. Right. But my action is saying something else. Right. So I had to have, I had to come to, um, I had to have a, a, an awakening with the Lord, a, a serious conversation where he was like, hey, you don't actually trust me. You say you trust me, but you don't trust me. And the way that you're working is telling me that you don't trust me. The way that you, the outworking of your life is telling me you don't trust me. Mm. And it's telling me you don't trust my word when I say that I'll direct your steps. Yeah. And your word, you, you, you don't trust my word that says, you know, in a man's heart, he can plan his way, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Yeah. Like, you're not trusting me. So for me, when I came to like, a very sober awareness that I have a problem with trusting God. That was the beginning of my life changing in God. Yeah. And, 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 and the journey got so fun. Mm. Cause then I was able to be like, okay, you're opening that door, Lord. Boom. I know that it didn't look like the original plan I wrote down. Right. But God, right. I'm going to follow you. Come on. I'm because I trust you. And so, you know, what, what what I would say to somebody who's in a position like that is God's placed you there. Oof. So he knows everything you need. And this is the thing. Ultimately, those seasons will become so important in the, in, in, in the years to come. Mm. Because you can bet your bottom <laughs> you're going to run into a situation in your life that you will draw upon what you learned yeah. in that season when your quote-unquote gift was not being used. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So study the life of David. Study the life of David. Watch him. Like, if there's anybody who should have been like, deuce, I got, I've been anointed. I was anointed by the prophet. Mm. 
He told me I'm king. And so, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get ready. Right. I'm just going to go ahead and go out here right. and I'm going to get ready and I'm going to claim what's mine. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, David decided I'm going to subject myself to this process. Yeah. I'm going to allow the process to of perseverance to have its way in me. Come on. So that at the end of all this, I'm going to be complete. Yep. And mature, not lacking in it, not lacking Come anything. On. Come on. You know, so I could, I could say a I lot more, it. but anyways, okay, that's do, it. Listen, I, uh, we've already gone an hour and yes, I can sir. go more. Yes, and sir. And there's actually a few more things that I want to ask you. Yeah. But, Thank uh, you for allowing me to be honest. I feel dude, I like, you could be I honest. Feel, I feel freedom. I feel I, freedom. I, I, I don't want to just have a, <laughs> I don't want to have a conversation just about the voice. Like, yeah. That definitely intrigued me. Yeah. But I think your insight is really, really yeah. crucial and important. Okay. You got your phone? I do. Open it up. Yes, Good sir. Enough. And I want to say, man, I I approach all of this with the most humility that I can because I hear you, man. I'm in a process with the Lord, right? I'm in a process with the Lord of like just, you know, figuring things out in yeah. this season. Like, yeah. you know, what's happening, God? Like, There's what's a happening? lot happening right There's now. There's a lot. Especially coming out of the last few years, man, yeah. with COVID, yeah. with all of the racial stuff, with the political stuff yeah there is a lot that is going on mm -hmm. there never it's it's funny there never is a time when there's not a lot when there's going not, on. Yeah. but it felt it feels like these last four or five years if you can be a leader in yeah. these last four or five years and make it through it you're crushing it yeah absolutely uh you got spotify i do okay i want you to open up spotify yes sir and i want you to tell me what's on your top five list if you my don't top mind. five list yeah is, it, is that that's this list right here i don't know I don't know. What's the stuff? Like, what? You don't have to do it all. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I, you're like, I, I get have it. William Augusto, number one. Okay, what's who's that? William Augusto is the instrumental worship. I have no idea what you're talking about. You should listen to William Augusto. Do you guys know who William Augusto is? <laughs> the instru nope. The big instrumental guy who's like got the soaking music. Dude, this is what I'm doing. Okay, yeah, you so, need to listen to okay, William what Augusto. Else? What else? Everybody what will know who William else? Augusto is. Uh, listen, I'll do mine too so you yeah. don't feel awkward. Overflow by my friend Michael Bethany. It's an amazing worship album. Michael Bethany is one of the worship leaders at Gateway. Man, dude, if you, you want to talk about people who live a lifestyle of worship, mm -hmm. Michael Bethany is one of those guys. And he's released um, a really necessary project okay. in the earth so that and then pj morton he's a r&b guy r&b he's okay. amazing he's from new orleans he's i love it dope he's so dope he's actually the son of bishop paul morton who's a gospel singer and then um can you imagine by uh the elevation album another great church album man i love i love when churches release great albums like mm. because it's like it's so important yeah it's like we need what's happening in your house to come out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think, again, another thing I lament is that, like, like anybody can make worship music nowadays and just put right. it out. Right. But it's like, hey, man, I love when churches put out music mm. because, you know, that's a representation of what's happening in their house. And, yeah. I, and this album, like, I know what's happening in Elevation right now. Right. Because of this album, can you it. imagine, you know? I love and they have it. such good songs on it. Uh, and then Faith of My Father's Step. That's Dude, like one of my mornings. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
it's just such a beautiful. I love her. Yeah. She talked about I that do. on our podcast, The Faith of Our Fathers. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do mine really quick. Yes, sir. I'm sure that nobody cares. But, oh, I uh, got to tell you about one more. Okay. There's this church called um, Radiant Church in Kansas City, and they have a dynamic youth program. Yeah. yeah um, but they release music. I got to play this for you. Can so, I play this for Go for it, you? yeah. Are we allowed to? We ask you could cut it out if you need. It's fine, we'll do it. I don't want to sing yesteryear songs. I don't want to pray yesteryear's prayers. I want fresh fire alive on the inside. Call us again to the secret place. Then we would sit with you for hours on end and experience your beauty and your power. Who is this? Radiant House Music. I'll let you listen no, to that. No, no. <laughs> you just it sounded like she was getting getting somewhere. I'm telling you, they're on to something. I, I like it. They're on to something, but they have such incredible leadership there. Um uh, David Perkins is the pastor there. Um, but again, I've been listening to them as well. So come on. I got the yours? new respects. Oh yeah. Because Zandy. That's just that's just today. Yeah, that's they're the amazing. Top. Uh I got Toby, I'm gonna. Nuigwe. Nuigwe. You like Toby? Toby's fire, man. For, for I, almost two years. I love Toby, man. Um, I love Toby. And then I got a lot of my top ones. So John yeah. Keith. Mm -hmm. I got red red tips all over the place. Aaron Barker. Have I had him on yet? <laughs> yeah, I had him on in a, in a previous one. Yeah. He's a good friend. And uh, I listen to him with my kids yeah. all the time. Uh, Paramore. I've been on a little bit of a Paramore. Kit. Nice. So that's, that's on there. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I love that. it. I didn't have any worship. Money. I know. I was gonna say. Hey. I. You, you know what? Have you been worshiping? I'm actually, <laughs> let me talk I'm about that because I actually I don't listen to worship. Mm, that and much. that's okay. I don't. I, that's because okay. I find it to be overplayed, yeah. and I find it to be the same stuff. And for yeah. me, I, I worship in. I worship, of course, at church, mm -hmm. but I worship. I worship in my truck a lot. Yeah, as I'm driving. Yeah, I'll put something on uh, the Millers, Johnny Miller. Mm. I listen to to their stuff constantly. It's it's on all my top twenty one, top top twenty twenty, top twenty twenty one, top twenty twenty two. The Millers. The Millers. Mm. I I love them. They're from um. They're from. Uh, uh, Washington, Pennsylvania, teeny nice. little church. Wow. Incredible. Wow. Three brothers, four brothers, and they are all amazing. Wow. I think they actually, they might have gone to Christ for the Nations as well. Cool. And then I listened to a lot of Dunamis. Oh, yeah, they're fire. In Portuguese. They're like, so fire. I, I, love, I love Dunamis, and if I really want to enter in, I'll go straight. Portuguese, they're Brazil. fire, yeah. man. They're so fire. I love them. Yeah, yeah. Hafa Gonclaves, I love her. Mm. I don't know. Like, I got touched 
seventeen, moved to South America. Yeah. And so you give me you give me some yeah good that South familiar American man. Worship, it just man. touches it your takes me places. That's what man. faith of my yeah. father does for yeah. me, man. It just like takes me to that place of encounter. Those old songs, man. Yeah. Those old songs. And just then carry something, man. If you really want to bring me back, I'm gonna go Morning Star. Mm, nice. Uh, Don Potter. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go Susie Wills. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna go there. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because you don't find a lot of it. Yeah. Like most people don't like I think I even mentioned Don Potter yesterday at, the at church. church, yeah. And and for me, like Don's not like put it on me like, you know, like get in there, but like it goes right to the heart. It, yeah. It's he says everything yes. that needs to be said. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's different different music, different worship for different seasons. Absolutely. And then honestly, if yeah. you want some of my favorite man, yeah. Uh Kevin Prosh. Mm. Did you ever listen to Kevin Prosh? No, never. Dude, he was so freaking dynamic for his time. Wow. Worship uh, leader. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Kevin was 30 years ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wow. check check it out. It's Kevin Prosh. Kevin Prosh. Really creative, but he was doing stuff with synths and sounds yeah. and like 30 years ago. Wow. 20 That's years cool. ago. Kevin Prosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just dating myself right I now. I love it. Hey, but. I love I love old worship music mm. too. I love it's, it. It's old. There was something <laughs> Yeah. Or it is. old I mean, there's so much power in it. Like yeah. it's it's there's like the wine is still so potent. Yeah. In it. So it's like I I love it. Come on. Yeah. Well, uh listen, dude. It's been great having you on. I'd love to have you back on again sometime. Absolutely. Thank uh, you so much for creating this space. Dude, there are fruit yeah. flies everywhere. Ah, yeah. um, it's all good. You Listen, uh, if people want to listen to your music, yeah. what do you want? Uh, everywhere. Just Brian Nira. Spell, uh, sp- just spell it. B-R-I-A-N. N as in Nancy. H mm-hmm. as in Harold. I-R-A. You can search me anywhere. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify. All social media platforms. I'm yeah. on it all, man. You could check out the podcast. Yes, growing with the nearest. Growing with the nearest, and yeah. and man, if you want a good one, it's a humdinger. Yeah. But me and my wife, and you and your wife, it was such a special time. Check that out. Also, yeah, that's a must. Um, let me just stop real quick. <laughs> that is a must watch. I'm gonna look at the camera. <laughs> that's a must watch podcast. Will and Moosey. I'm praying, uh, this is what I'm praying. I'm praying that that podcast reaches a million people. Wow. Not for like the growth of our podcast, but, and I'm praying that a lot of them are couples and people in ministry. Yeah. Because you guys were, you guys were honest, open, transparent. Yeah. And you guys were revelatory and you guys gave so much wisdom. Lucy, we, I can't tell you how much we love Lucy. We love Moosey more than we love you. You can. I just want to let you know It's the story of my that. life, so we yeah, I'm used to it. love Moosey. We believe that she is a mother of nations. Mm. I believe that. Even watching her yesterday, minister, I was like, I called Pastor Lyle. I told Pastor Lyle, I said, Pastor Lyle, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that we can, like, Moosey will feel <laughs> called to, to do ministry here. Yeah. Because we, she is necessary. Yeah, you know, and we love you. Thank so you. Much. You're she's, you're 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 amazing, man. She's incredible. Yeah, uh, she she is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, man, we we met in ministry. Yeah, and yeah, 
and she would just do this. She would do deliverance, man, for hours. Wow. She has, she has, yeah, she would do deliverance for hours. I've watched that girl tackle things that <laughs> most people would run screaming out of the room. She just sits there. She's She's got a lot in her. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, man. That means the world to me. Absolutely. Thank you, Will. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, listen. Uh, and if people want to come to Legacy, yes. how do they get some information? Look us that? up on social media, Legacy Nashville on specifically Instagram, and then LegacyNashville.org. Come visit us if you're in Nashville. We love having guests. Yeah. We love having people, especially if you're coming off the mission field, mm -hmm. you know, and you're looking for a place just to come and get washed in the water of the word. Yeah. Um, come and visit us. We'd love to hug you. Yeah. And anything else you need. Come on. You got a 9, 10, 30. No. And, and noon. And 12 o'clock. Yeah, service. you're correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a 9 a.m.er. Yeah. But man, after this weekend, I might have to. Hey, I'll tell you, the, the 10, 30 and the noon are lit. Dude, 9 was. Yeah. Nine's great. Yeah, but, but 10.30 at noon, I'm telling you, they're lit. They're lit. And we got into a flow. I really, uh, we really only had one, ser like, two services yesterday. Yeah. From the 10.30 to the to the noon, it was just one flow. It was crazy. <laughs> it was so, so much fun. Yeah. Listen, love you, buddy. I love uh, you Anything too, else you want to plug before, before you got anything else? Anyone? Anything? No. Whatever. I just want to say, man, that, you know, now is a great time to just commit your heart to the Lord. Now is a, is a really great time in a world that is um, being pulled in so many different directions, you know, for fathers, for mothers, ministers, young people, you know, there's, it's always a great time to commit yourself to the Lord. But right now, the, wor the world is in need of people who know Jesus. The world is in need of people who are truly in love with them, who are abandoned, who've laid down their lives before him and so man i just want to encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast man just commit your all to the lord and allow him to use your life like uh, a paintbrush so come that's on. it come on dude and i would add on to that uh if you want the full experience go eat some zimbabwean food oh yeah okay? some sadza sadza yes let's go yes. you guys do fufu Thing? That's that. Yeah, Is that's that our version. Okay, that's Sadza. Yes. Oh. Go get some. Yeah. And just put a little cherry on the top of this interview. Mm. Oh, but you, you, it won't be as good as Brian's mama. So never, uh, <laughs> never. Uh, dude, love you, man. Thank <laughs> you. you too, Thanks for watching. Yeah. Listen, like, subscribe. It really blesses us, guys. Uh, we don't do this for any reason except getting the message out. And I know that as you watch this many people need to hear this so like subscribe hit the bell so you know when we put these these uh these new episodes out and we will see you on the next uh green room bless you guys awesome absolutely thank you dude that was amazing thank you bro. so much fun <laughs>